What is going on, Ride the Wave Nation? This is your brand new football podcast brought to you by Ride the Wave. It is called Football on the Barbie Podcast. And if you don't get that reference and if you don't hear my accent, it means because I'm Australian and I'm sitting here with two Americans and we're going to sit here and talk football, not just Patriots football. We're going to touch on college football, the National Football League and everything else in between. With me today, we got Jake Seymour and Caden Bodak. Caden, one of the most controversial people at Rise of the Wave, and Jake, ASU's newest recruit. <laughs> Sorry to spoil it. Um, all right, fellas, let's get straight into this. So, actually, you know what? Let's talk about just quickly. So, let's talk about Jake. You've played football before. Caden, have you played yep. football? Fuck no. I So, I've had like four brain surgeries so the doctor said no but i've i've watched football been around the game for forever i mean i probably wouldn't even make a good kicker but but uh uh yeah no i i love it though i i fantasy i love watching it i i go to a high school with about 300 kids so we haven't had a football team since like the 1900s because some kid broke his neck and that was the end of that so uh yeah so i haven't even like i go to wicked small high school no football team but i still love the game and can can talk it up with anybody i go to a pretty big school on the other hand uh my school is i don't even know how many people but it's pretty big and uh obviously i play football for the show right now um you know i'm going into senior year for football and then uh hoping maybe to play in college or something but i've been watching football my entire life and start picked it up freshman year and then i haven't looked back since now i want to know what's, what's the football experience with uh like in australia like, have you played you know have you know, obviously you watch but yeah, yeah I play football, stuff. so it's not it's not very big here. Um, like here, you can't play you can't play American football until you're 14 years old. So the only competition that we have is uh, from under like it's it's two age groups. So there's from basically 15 to 19 years old, and that's called Colts, the Colts division. And then you have the adults, which is from 19 and above. And I played when I was 16, 17, and 18. I played wide receiver. I wore number 10 and 11. Wore the red gloves, just like Edelman. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've played rugby all my life. So that's where my sporting came into uh, into fruition and somehow stumbled upon football when I bought Madden 05. I, I was originally a baseball fan, actually. Like that's, I played baseball when I was a kid. So that's where it started. Um, and then you know, when I got Madden 05, I was a Red Sox fan. So I said, let me Google the uh, Boston team. Found out that there was a New England Patriots team and they just so happened to be the best team in the game, <laughs> which obviously helped. Um, and yeah, ever since uh, the 2007 season, I've watched every single game from the Patriots. So, And, that, and yeah. that's impressive because the games are on at like 2 a.m., right? Yeah, so a, a 1 p.m. game for me is at... Uh, when it's daylight savings, it's on at 4 a.m. Um, actually, no. When the season starts, it's at 3 a.m. So for the first two weeks, I've got to get up at 3 a.m. And then we switch over to daylight savings for two weeks. So it's 4 a.m. And then when you guys switch over, it's 5 a.m. But yeah, I mean, it's still like I take the day off work and I take, um, I've always taken Mondays off ever since high school to watch football. So, um, ever, yeah. so ever since high school. So you weren't going to class on Mondays. No, I wasn't. Nice. Savage. 
Was were they like were they like what's up with this dude? Because you because you said that uh, the NFL isn't big uh, overseas here, but there, but uh... yeah. So it's it's yeah. I I still get that to this day. Like, what why why do you like American sports? Like, or, or why why do you like American football? Or I still get that to this day. It's like oh, you don't you can't because I literally don't like sport here anymore. Don't watch rugby. I don't watch anything here. So I I simply don't care about anything other than football. And so, I always, so, go ahead. And I always get like when I speak to people or they see like, as you can see my rooms, you know, fucking Patriots and football stuff. Um, when I speak to people about that, they're like, they just think it's so odd. But then they see my, that I travel there all the time and it kind of makes sense. But they think that I love it because I travel there. Whereas that's the reason why I travel there. It's not because I go there. It's that I like football. It's the other way around. I go there. So if, if rugby is so big, I and I don't understand this. I, I I guess there's this thing called Aussie rules football. Is that rugby, or no, is that like? Different. So different. why isn't football big then? If there's this whole whole uh whole little Australian football league, or is that not a thing? Is it just kind of a they called it Aussie rules? No, so that's a different sport. So there's two different. So in Australia, there is basically where where rugby league is popular in two states, New South Wales and Queensland. And then basically the rest of the country, especially Victoria, is all AFL, which is Aussie rules football. And rugby isn't like a thing down there. Like it's a thing, but they don't care about it. So is that is that more like the NFL or is that kind of? No, that's basically. Do you guys have netball? No. No. Fuck. How do I explain AFL then? I don't know how to explain AFL to you guys. Is it a mix between like rugby and football? Yeah, it's a constantly moving game. Where there's a lot of kicking in it. Um, it's on. It's played on an oval. Field. Oh. Um, yeah, you'd have to Google it. It seems very interesting. One thing is certain, though, that we all three of us love football, and Australia is very different on the other side of the world. But we've got to get into our first topic. Can anyone stop the Chiefs? The Chiefs have been on a rampage to just beat the Buccaneers by what was it, twenty-seven to twenty-four, and that score did not look anything like the final outcome of that game. The Chiefs ran all over this team, literally obliterating them right from the first quarter. I think Tyreek Hill, I think on their first two possessions, had like 200 yards or something and two touchdowns. Yeah, he had, you know, he had, he had like 200 yards at the end of the first quarter. He broke the fantasy record for most amount of points in the PPR league, I believe, too, at, with like 58 or whatever, something like that. It was an absolutely insane day from Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs. But, Matt, I got to ask you, what is something that you guys think about the Chiefs and how can teams stop this? I honestly don't know how you stop them. Like, they have a better defense than they did last year. Their wide receivers just seem to get better and better. I mean, you look at Kelsey and Hill. I mean, if it wasn't for Metcalf going off yesterday, they're leading the league in receiving one and two. So they're now they're, they're now they're two and three in receiving. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is... <sighs> I mean, it pains me to say this, but the dude has every chance to pass Brady as the GOAT. If he keeps collecting rings, he's... You know, the, the argument with Brady and Rodgers has always been Rodgers is the better player. He has more talent. Brady has more rings, which I can agree with. But if you give Patrick Mahomes six rings, there's no arguing that he's the GOAT because he's more talented than Brady. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He's, he's got all of the – he's got everything you need. So do, do I think anyone can stop them in the in the, in the the AFC right now? I don't. I don't think Pittsburgh are – as legit as they seem. I do like that matchup, though, for Pittsburgh, just purely because they have such a good defense. I feel like if Pittsburgh had a better offense, they wouldn't be able to keep up. 
but I feel like they could be able to catch Kansas City on a bad offensive day. And well, just the, well Oakland good. did, and and Carolina and, almost did too, and and New England, yeah, and New England. Three so, times. yeah, so they are capable of doing that. So it's that's where I feel like the only chance. I feel like the only person that's going to beat the Chiefs is themselves. If they have a bad game in the playoffs, they're every chance to get beat. The other thing, though, Matt, you said like the defense has gotten better, and Pat Mahomes is a year older. So that that's the other thing you got to think about. So it was three, almost three years ago now. When Tom Brady went into Kansas City and, and they, they took the W and went on to the Super Bowl, that's a young, that's a totally different Pat Mahomes than we see now. And um, I think that just speaks to his, his ability to just be such a good player. Like, if you think about it, Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey are two really good players, but they have Sammy Watkins and Mikhail Hardman as the other, their other two. Um, d- deep threats. So it's not like they're stacked. It's not like you got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and then uh, I'd I mean, still even... prefer the Chiefs receiving call than the Seahawks well, receiving yeah, call. Yeah, well, I'm I'm saying that they're not. It's not like they're stacked either. And they, what makes them dangerous too is they don't need to have a run game to win games because Pat Mahomes is so versatile and can use his legs. I mean, you saw it against Tampa Bay. Clyde couldn't get anything done, and they were still able to put 27 points up on the board. But the thing is, too, their running back position is also stacked because people forget that Le'Veon Ball is there. You know, he's still a, he's still a player. And the longer he's in that system, he's only still been there for, what, three or four weeks now. Mm-hmm. You know, give him another month and they can unload him in the playoffs and you you got two starting running backs yeah. caliber. But, but they can be – my point was, though, they can be so dominant without a run game. So oh, if you're 100%, a team, you but, know that they don't have a run game, you play the pass and you still get beat. But that's just that like New England for dangerous. all those years. That's what yeah. New England was for all those years. Never had a passing, never had a run game. It was just pass. But on, on games where, they, where we did need to run, we did. And I feel like the Chiefs can't do that. They can put 200 yards on the ground if they're really focused on it. The one thing it, I'll say about the Chiefs is that, I mean, this team is stoppable. I've seen New England do it, what, three times, four times now. So if I'm any other team, I'm watching that game film and New England say, okay, why does that work? And the other thing, too, you got to look at this Bruce Aries, the head coach guy. This guy is, and I don't know if, I mean, it has to be. With wait, him. wait, wait, you wait. You have to sign out on the game. Wait, plan, wait, right? Andy Reid? Are you talking about Andy Reid? No, Reed? the Tampa head coach, Bruce Aries. Oh, okay. Did I say his name wrong? No, you did. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. That I mean, he has to sign off because like, you know he's the head coach and the whole game plan situation, right? But that guy is such an idiot, and his defensive coordinator, the whole staff is idiots. You can't single coverage uh, Travis Kelsey and um, Tyree Kill. You can't do that. You have to double them. I mean, like, like come on, like single covers them is just stupid. You have to double. You can't them. double them though. You, you can't. They double. started to do it, and they kind of slowed down for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, oh, we're going to take it off, and then boom, they lit them up again. Like you got to do you, something but, to limit those guys. You can't just run thing, single coverage. This, but this is what makes the Chiefs so deadly: is you can't really decide to double both of them because that you can't double two guys. You, then you're allocating four players on your defense to two guys. Obviously, going to leave someone else wide open. I don't think you can double them. You can you can try take away one, and then you can hope that the person that you put on Kelsey or Hill can keep up and, and just lock him down one-on-one. And I think that's your best bet is put your best guy on him one-on-one and double the other guy. I and the don't other thing, know though, about... is Mahomes. You, you can cover them, but then Mahomes can use his legs. So it's like you can't double cover two guys, spy the quarterback, 
pressure him with three guys, if that, you're left with no, no, nobody on defense at that point. And you, and you look at the Oakland game where they won the game with the Kelsey touchdown at the end there. That's a perfect example. You had them doubled. You had Kelsey doubled over the middle. And Abraham, Adams, Jonathan Abraham? Abraham, Adams, yes. Abraham. The safety from Oakland, as soon as Pat Mahomes, and he knew what he was doing, he just rolled to the right as if he was going to run, drawing the defender down. And then as soon as he, as soon as he shut down, he left him wide open. He just threw it right to him. So like Caden said, you got it, you can't do everything because he can move. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move out of the pocket. He can get you a first down. He can run with his legs. He had a better player gonna, than Lamar, gonna, though. Oh, 100%. I'm just, I was just talking about like, speed yeah, running with ability, his legs. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, the one thing I will say, though, I mean, I mean that, that is a good point, but the game plan that Tampa had for that game was horrific. And you saw it right from the opening kickoff. I mean, there was – um, I think it was – I don't remember if it, if it was the backflip um, touchdown that Tyreek had or if it was his first one, but there was one. The ball snapped, took his first step, and literally turned his head and looked at Mahomes, and you could just see, like, I remember they broke it down in Good Morning Football. Tyreek took his first step, turned, and Mahomes was already looking at They had eye contact, and he just threw it up. Like, literally, it was that quick. And that's something where it was like, like, you got to you gotta limit that somehow. I mean, I know Kelsey, I know Hill, they're both great players, as with Mahomes, but – you got you got to do something. I mean, I, I, what is New England done that is the other the rest of the league can't? You know, like especially what, what I feel what where I feel like New England has any the advantage over a team like the Chiefs is because they had Gronkowski on their team for nine seasons. They dealt with Gronkowski in practice for nine seasons, so they know how to take away a tight end one on one or double team, and then you put a guy like. We do. We put Jonathan Jones on Tari Kill and then cover him with safety help over the top because you got your speed guy and then safety help. And then you put the bigger safety on Kelsey. And that's just how they dealt with Gronk in practice. That's where I feel like the New England has the advantage is they know how to deal with that tight end. We don't know how to draft a tight end anymore or, or use one, but we still know how to cover him because you look at even like when Darren Wallen, Waller came to town he in, didn't do anything. in Oakland. He didn't do anything. So it's we're pretty good at covering tight ends. Same with Kelsey. He doesn't actually have a good track record against the and Look at his stats. Only that last game he did. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if I'm the if I'm the rest of the league, whether I'm playing them next week or in a couple weeks, or if I think I might play them in the playoffs, I'm studying New England's game footage all the way back from the first time they met back in I think 2018, and saying, okay, why did this work, and why didn't say the Tampa game plan not work or, you know, whatever plan. Because Patriots have it down pat. I mean, say what you want about those those three guys being, you know, generational talent, but the Patriots have limited them to what? Wasn't it like zero points in the first half or something like that? I mean, that is like absurd, especially for, you know, for a team that's supposed to be the best in the league and has all these great players. I mean, that is a crazy stat for any NFL team to do that, not only once, but three times. But speaking of the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, he's having a whole problem with Tom Brady and adjusting to Tom Brady. And, you know, he's supposed to be this, like, football offensive guru, and he's done nothing for Tom Brady. And I think it's because he just doesn't change his game plan. Aries just – he just continues with the deep ball, and he's just like – he doesn't do what Brady has done for 20 years. And, you know, I get it. Like, you're the head coach. You want to do your own thing. But this is Tom Brady, a 43-year-old guy. He's been in the league for literally 20 years. Dude, you got to cater to him because if you want to win, you're not on the field. Brady is. And whatever, if like, you just got to cater to him, that's how it is. I saw so many times, um, you know, they ran a play with Gronk. He came, I think it was across the middle. 
you know, one of those like short medium uh, routes and Brady found him. And literally it was like, that was a new England Patriot play. That was like down Pat. That was a Patriot play. And then they all of a sudden they throw a deep ball and he, it's a pick. And it's like, Brady's never been a good deep ball. And you know what? I can't even be, you know, defend Brady here because that's what he wanted. He wanted to do that. And he's getting absolutely disturbed with it. I saw a stat on good morning football. I think it was like, he's thrown seven interceptions against 500 teams. That is absurd. Seven interceptions against teams over 500. I mean, seven in a season before. Like, I mean, that's that's a bad number. And Andy's lost three three home games for the first Five time in his career. Yeah, I, I, I think the I think the, the other thing is it's not only the the game the expectation and the game plan is um, changing for Brady for something he's not comfortable with, but I think you got to factor in two other things um, that Arians is not afraid to throw Brady under the bus for anything. Yep, and 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 that definitely gets under his skin and and if you're thinking about that just psychologically you're not focused on the game as much and and now you have that factor and then you're struggling and and that now you got the media and your coach shitting on you about it I mean that 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 can't be good mentally and the other thing you got to think about is you have all these weapons but there's only one ball so you got AD a deep threat Mike Evans a deep threat Chris Godwin a deep threat and who are you going to – why would you change your game plan to go to Scotty Miller when you got all those weapons? And I think that that's why Arians hasn't done that because he doesn't have any any slant but guys I, like – You Edelman. can use AB. You, yeah, you, they don't have Edelman, but you don't need to recreate the entire Patriots offense. You don't need to do that. But you can use Antonio Brown, you know, in the middle. You don't need to have him out wide. Yes, he'd be better suited out wide, but you can – it's all about having the best players on the field. These guys are elite wide receivers. They can run over the middle routes, especially a guy like AB. The dude's crazy. I'm sure he can run into a linebacker over the middle. The thing with Arians is like, he doesn't feel like from the way it looks like he doesn't seem to just want to accommodate and have the best of both and mesh together an offense that suits both him and Brady. You can still throw these deep balls. You can still have this deep passing attack. That's fine but he doesn't seem to want to add motions. He doesn't want to seem to move players around at the line of scrimmage. He doesn't want to seem to run your, your screen plays, your short dinks over the middle. There's quick balls that gets Brady going. Like you, you think about all the times when New England has been down and they're trying to get Brady's confidence back. They would always just throw like two quick, quick out routes straight away. Just get Brady back in, bang, bang. And he would get his motion back. He would get his, he would get his feel back. I don't see why Arians doesn't do this. You're now looking at what three home game losses in a row. You now become probably the one team that everyone thought was going to make the Super Bowl that everyone's looking at now and saying, "What a bunch of pretenders!" And like Jake said, I, it's it's his own fault. He went. He wanted to do this. He wanted to leave. He wanted to prove him, to himself that he could be great somewhere else. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be great and that he doesn't have the chance to be great because he has everything around him to be great down there. But at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching and play calling and accommodating what they, what both guys want to do and finding a happy ground, happy medium to be able to go in, out in the field and be like, all right, I'm happy with what Brady wants. I'm still going to get to do what I want to do. And we're going to have a mix of it to eliminate turnovers. Bruce Arian has coached guys like Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer. You look at their stats when Bruce Arians has been coaching them and all of them have high turnover rates. So 
I don't think it's a Brady problem. The turnovers, I think that's a Arians problem. And I think Mr. Quarterback Guru, Guru slash offensive Guru um, kind of needs a, that, 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 that line needs to be taken back. He's not that like, he's not, he's not an offensive guru when his quarterbacks are throwing picks all the time. Dude Especially with that, that offense. Exactly. If you can't, if you can't, if your quarterback is leading the league, not leading the league, if your quarterback is throwing the amount of picks that he's throwing with the amount of weapons that he has, I don't think that's his problem. I think that's a coaching problem because look at last year, Jameis Winston threw 30 intercepts. Who was the coach? Right. That was going to actually and just get to that. But the other thing I want to correct myself, I actually just looked it up because I took a picture of it because I was so shocked by it. And it was actually um, – so it says he's a 2-4 and four record, 13 touchdowns, 9 interceptions versus opponents currently 500 or better this season. So that's 9 interceptions. I was wrong. I thought it was 7. That's even worse. And the other thing, too, that – you know, something that Brady's always been praised about in his entire career was that he was the guy that got the ball out quick. You know, like I remember stuff that would be like, you know, very, very quick. And it would be like four seconds, boom, gone. And then another play, four seconds, gone. And that was something that the O-line, I felt like, kind of got slept on in New England over the last 20 years because we've had very good O-lines. But Brady's gotten the ball out so, so quickly that it, it didn't matter. So now he has a line that's – it's good, it's solid – but he's not. But he's holding it for so much longer, and he's throwing more interceptions. And you know, you can put that on the game plan, Matt, and that's a that's also a problem. But I put that just on Brady because Brady needs to say, like, you know, what? he's the goat. He's like the best quarterback. Why isn't he audibling out of this stuff? You can. If, well, does he? Well, does he have that? He doesn't. He might not have that ability though. Yeah, true. But I mean, you could. I mean, what's it? You can't call like tell him, okay, run a slant. They know what a slant is, or tell him, you know, run an no, out. No, I, run, no, you know. of course he, of course he can do that. But who's who's to say that Arians doesn't want him to do that? Arians keeps calling him out to begin with. So maybe Brady, maybe Brady could also just be saying, you know what, I'm gonna do what this guy wants, and he's out of here at the end of the year. But yeah, that's true. I think the other thing too with Arias is that he doesn't want he doesn't want this to be he doesn't want to be Bill Belichick part two. And when I say that, what I mean is not about Bill Belichick like what he does, but the fact that everyone always says it was it Brady or Belichick who was more valuable in this Patriots dynasty. And I don't think he wants to be the guy that you know look back at and say, oh yeah, he was the head coach, but he only won because he had Brady. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants to say no, he's playing in my system. I don't care what he wants. It's my system. And he's going to do what I want. And he's going to play the game plan that I want to play. And we're going to win like that. And it's I think, obviously not working because having five losses at this team is embarrassing. You should have at the very most three, three losses, probably around one or two though. Five the same is team. They lost to the Bears too this time. Yes. And then not to mention too, Tom Brady doesn't shake uh, Nick Bortles or, um, Oh, Nick Foles. Oh, I'm sorry, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't care about that. I'm just I just saying, find that funny, if, though. I find that if, you, if you're losing to the Chicago Bears and Nick Foles. I Falls, find that petty. You know, yeah, of course it's petty, but, you know, you have a there's, – there's definitely right. a problem there. All right, let's move on to some college football talk. So, Alabama and Clemson. Are we really going to be getting this nutty again? Like, it, it looks that way. It looks like who's going to – who's stopping Alabama and who's stopping Clemson? I know, Caden, you Notre love Dame. college football. You really think Notre Dame's going to stop Clemson? They did once. I mean, I, I granted that they had a backup quarterback in, but who's to say that coming off? I mean, Trevor Lawrence has played what three games. So who's to say coming off of three games, four games, he's going to be in mint condition at the ACC championship. Cause whoever wins that game, both teams are going to win out regardless. Whoever wins that game, 
because Notre Dame's already in it because they hold all the tiebreakers, is going to the college football playoff. Will the committee, this is the question though, will the committee let a one less one loss Clemson team one, into the 100%, playoff? 100%. I just don't think you could do that. Okay, so okay, let's put a scenario together then. If you got Alabama as one, Ohio mm-hmm. State as as two or three, and and Notre Dame as two or three, you're looking at Alabama's probably going to have to beat either Florida or Texas A and M in the in the in the SEC championship. So yeah. that would put um that would put if if they beat Florida, that would put Florida at two losses. If Texas A&M won out and lost to Alabama in the in the SEC championship, that would put them at one loss. I'm two. picking two losses. So exactly, even more to my point, I'm putting in Clemson well, over either of those two teams. Can you? Making, I, no way they don't. The the only thing that I'm thinking, I'm watching as we speak. I'm watching the college football top twenty five ranking show. So I'm kind of just seeing where they're going. Um, Iowa State is the now the ninth ranked team in the country, which is kind of funny at seven and two. But anyways. Could we see a Cincinnati in instead of Clemson? Because I get it, the AAC isn't a good conference at all, but you can't let an undefeated Cincinnati team who absolutely murders every single team that they that, play. That, not that's another the topic, though, Kate, and that's that's that's. I think that comes down to expanding the playoff, which is a whole nother topic. That's a whole other. Like, I agree with you. Because I, I personally feel like that is what they should do. I'm not saying that me, me saying Clemson will be the four if they have one loss or or two losses. That's not me saying that I. That's what I would do. That's what I just think they would do. I agree with you. I build. I believe that if you're undefeated, you should be in the playoff. I don't care about another team. If you're undefeated and you've won all your games, regardless well, of what conference you're in, if you're still playing. D1 football, if you've played against some strong teams, you should be in it. But so would you insane. let Coastal Carolina in the playoffs? No, because they're yeah. a smaller school and they haven't played anyone big. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least Cincinnati, they're playing in a conference that's at least respectable. If they th- – this – their game got canceled this week mm-hmm. against Ohio State. But if they reschedule that game and Cincinnati wins, then do you let them in? Yes. And then Ohio State doesn't get let in because Cincinnati beat them. It would just be like it would be the exact same as if Michigan beat Ohio State and Michigan was Cincinnati this year. I would put Michigan so why in would, over Ohio State. So why would Clemson get in at two losses if they lost to Notre Dame twice and Notre Dame got in? That because I think that, Because I think the committee does look at strength of schedule and, they, and then they do look at the fact that they did not have Trevor Lawrence in that game and they won in – they lost in – double overtime so i think you they will take that into consideration if you, I also if you look think, at strength of schedule think, though go ahead. i also think you got to understand that at the end of the day everything in life is a business mm-hmm. and who's who's going to make who yeah. if you're a tv network who do you want playing clemson or cincinnati that, that was gonna be my take only because of trevor lawrence because trevor lawrence is obviously gonna go number one in the draft and if it's you know the committee wants the money i mean it's the ncaa they're a money hungry organization say they're non-profit they're not i mean those guys make plenty for themselves so uh you know clemson's this is no unless if clemson does so bad that it's like it, like it would be seen okay that's the money move there's no way they don't make it but i will say this though i don't know if you guys noticed but 
Uh, I think the last four, four seasons, the number two ranked team has won the uh, national championship and currently Notre Dame is ranked number two. So you get fighting Irish back in the championship and they win. Who knows? I mean, itself, right? last last time last time Notre Dame made it to the college football uh, championship, <laughs> Manti Teo's girlfriend was famous. <laughs> I mean, it's a solid point though because it's something that, I mean, yes, it's just like hypothetical and it's a weird coincidence, but and it's happened and it happened four consecutive seasons. So, I mean, I hope Notre Dame does something because I think that'd be cool, like a little underdog. But I will say this though, Alabama looks insane right now. I mean, I watched that Iron Bowl, Caden. I know I was poking fun at you about it, but oh my god, they didn't even have their head coach and they ran all over Auburn. Like, no, they didn't care. They just okay, you're gonna play us. Boom, done. Get out. That yeah. Was- um. To 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 play a little bit of a de- devil's advocate here, uh, Matt. If you are, you said the the you know the market for a Clemson Alabama game is is greater than a market for a, a Alabama Cincinnati game, which is true, but if you're seeing Clemson and Alabama in the in the uh, national championship again for what seems like the tenth time in a row, are you going to watch that? I mean, think about how many people watched oh, the game, how cheap you. the tickets were last year. I agree. You with could you. get a t- ticket at uh, Levi Stadium. Granted, the teams are on the other side of the country for 30, 30 40, 50, 60 bucks. I mean, that's that's dirt cheap. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm I'm I'm. I'm starting to feel like the college football playoff is starting to turn into the NBA finals. It's the same shit every year. It's the same. Like it's at least the highest state Clemson and Alabama every year. And then it's, it's, it's just a matter of, of who's the other team. So it's going to be interesting. And I feel like, I feel like um, Patriot fans should probably start watching um, Alabama games a little bit more because People seem to want to keep attaching Mac Jones to the Patriots, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but on the Patriots, let's move on to our playoff opportunity. Do we think that there's a real possibility that we win out, go ten and six, and make the playoffs, or is this no. just wishful thinking? <laughs> that's Not like, a shot. I'm gonna get in my bed tonight, and I'm gonna dream about that because that's how much of a dream that is. <laughs> like, there is yeah. no way they went out. I mean. I think they it's possible to make the playoffs at nine and seven, ten and six. That, that is a stretch. That's a stretch. I'll give you nine and seven. I won't give you ten and six. No way they went out. I mean, they got obviously the two LA games. They play Sunday and then Thursday. Um, I mean, I I don't think you win both of those. So if you split them, I I think you lose to the Rams. You beat the you beat the Chargers. So you split those two games, and then you now you, now you have to win out. To beat Miami, I think once, and then Buffalo. I think it's the other way around. We don't have a good track record against rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, but it's 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 uh, the Chargers though. Their their game management and their coaching staff is absolutely horrendous. And 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 we're the new we're in, we're the twenty twenty New England Patriots where we don't know what team's showing up on Sunday. Yes, that is another key point. If we play, and that's it too. Like I'm banking on that Miami game that we we win that. But I'm also hopeful, and maybe it's me being over op- optimistic. But I'm thinking that we're going to play like, play like we did in week one, and maybe that mm. I'm completely wrong. And, and you got to you expect too, by the way, like with Jules going on the on the COVID list, we're not like Jules isn't coming to LA, so we're not without Jules for the next two games at least. Right, and you know, real quick, let's just go right through it. You know, so you got Chargers on Sat- Sunday, loss or win? I think we win. That. Wait, I'll get, I got to win too. Okay, Rams, Patriots. Hold on. That game. Hold on. I thought you said uh, Rams for the for, uh No, for the first. I'm sorry. If I did, so it's we played Chargers wait. on Sunday. That's the first game. 
I just, I mean, I didn't think we played that amazing against Arizona and I think against Justin Herbert and he has such a good, such a good throwing motion, such a good long ball. He's just, I don't see us beating them. Right, I so fucking hope, I really hope we do, but we just don't have a good track record against rookies. So let's and put then, the charges down as, as a loss, right? So now you're, you're for me, for you. Okay. So let's say we're five and seven now, right? Now you, you had to go to Rams. You're already there in LA, but you have to play the Rams. And I think we beat the Rams. I think we okay, have a game so, plan for the Rams. So now you're, what are you five and seven? So six and seven. Now you got to play Miami in Miami. I think you beat Miami. Okay, so Especially now, you're seven, if, now you're seven and seven. Yeah. Okay, Buffalo at home against Buffalo on Monday Night Football. I mean, I, I I think we like again. I think we should have beat Buffalo that first game. Okay, now you're eight and seven again. Now you go to New York. Uh, no, I'm sorry, you're home and New York comes to you. You're gonna win that probably, right? So that again, that's if, that's your nine and seven. You can't win out. We already put down one loss. Mm. See, so that's what I'm saying. You cannot win out. There's no way they win out. And honestly, yeah. that Buffalo game and Miami game, that's a we could say that's a stretch, to be honest, the way that Yeah, but both of those, both of those are trap awesome. games, because they're divisional games. That's the other thing. They're divisional games. I could I could one hundred percent see us also just winning both our LA games. And then when we go play our divisional games, we just I could see us losing either one right. of those too. Like I, I said, that, that's what like I, I have, said, Matt. I have, it's, it's uh, hard to pick what this team's going to be this year. Like it's hard to pick what team's going to show up. Like I wake up every morning and and watch the Patriots, and I have zero expectations this year. Like last year and every other year I've watched them, it's it's you you watch the game and you're expecting to win by at least twenty. Whereas now, I mean, I'm I'm just hoping we don't lose by twenty. <laughs> and the, and, the, yeah. and this is why, when everybody was like, "Oh well, the Patriots, they just got to keep winning," and this was back when the, the Patriots were looking at maybe three wins. This was actually the, the day of or the day before the Jets game on Monday Night Football, where I said, I hope they lose this game. And people are like, why, why would you want them to lose? You know, they still got a shot. You know, we lost the nail-biter to uh, Seattle. You know, they're, they're, they're still in the mix here. But now you're going to be just bad enough to miss the playoffs. Not to say that they were going to make a run anyways – and just good enough to get a bad draft pick. So what does that do for you? Good. You get, you get, you get the 20th, 21st overall draft pick. Oh, great. Good job. You, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you just go 2-14 and 14 or 3-13 and 13 and get the top three pick? I don't know. My whole take with that, though, is that it ruins the mentality. And I want to – I want the Patriots to be able to build from the middle and keep that Patriot mentality because that's something that's big in football. Is that what if you mentality? Have bad, because because yeah, if you Cam have Newton bad isn't losing there next season, year. what? Cam Newton isn't there next year. Yes, but so what do you do? Okay, Edelman's still there. Slater's still there. No, he's not. Edelman is not there actually. Okay, maybe Edelman leaves, but then Slater's there, and then you're gonna have you know the guys from the O line. You're gonna have uh, Sony Michelle. You have Nikhil. Like, you want to keep that mentality. You don't want to lose that. Sony yeah, Michelle doesn't uh, do shit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about looking ahead into next year. We, I mean, we have no clue what they're going to do. Like, who's to say that, you know, after this year, Kraft doesn't blow everything up? It's got too much money in there. It's got too much money. In I'm that. not saying it's. I'm not saying it's happening. But honestly, at this point, nothing would surprise me. So with New England, I'm taking it week by week. Do I want them to be in a better position come draft time? Yes. Do I want them to suck for the rest of the year? No. Do I want them to make the playoffs? Yes, it's such a hard thing to, to even be a fan right now because it's like, well, do I want to prepare for the future? Yes. Do I want to see us suck? No. 
it's like, well, but I can handle one bad season. But I just would like to make the playoffs because if we make the playoffs, it's one game at a time. And as we know as Patriot fans, we've seen the New York Giants beat us twice as a wildcard team and win a Super Bowl. It's not impossible once you get there in January to win. And I do believe that if we just make it into the playoffs, we can at least win one game, one game, and there would be a fighting chance in the other two if Cam Newton plays well. It's a big if. Yeah. And I'll just to wrap it up, I mean, um, you have one loss in that schedule. You have one loss built in, and it better come uh, between those LA teams because if you lose to the division, you're going to be screwed. So, I know that's. I agree. You can't. You can't lose. You can't lose these two LA games. You got to at least win the win out for the division. But regardless, uh, thanks to you for checking out this week's episode of the Football on the Barbie podcast. Brand new uh, football podcast, something different because you know get to cover college, uh, you know regular football, maybe some Australian stuff if that happens out there. I mean, I don't know, but. Who knows what happens, right? Uh, anything can happen. It's 2020. Almost to the end of 2020, though. About 30 days left. So we made it. <laughs> we're almost no, we're almost there. A lot can happen in 30 days. <laughs> 20, 29 days here, fellas. I'm one day ahead of you. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, peace, everyone.